0: Lady and the Tramp, 1955. The variety of the 1950s showcases the strength of Geronimo Jackson and Lasca's directors through the stitched together vignettes of Alice in Wonderland, the sweeping fairy tale romance of Cinderella, and now the grounded romantic comedy of Lady and the Tramp. The trio is also returning the studio to the animal centric feature for the first time since Bambi 13 years prior. The film is an incredibly charming story about two dogs that come from different social statuses, demonstrated through deft visual shorthand, while also playing with the trappings of a romantic comedy and plot beats specific to the characters being pets. The story begins with Lady, a pampered American Cocker Spaniel who has an easy life among her friends in a well-to-do neighborhood. Her status is further established through her receiving a collar and tag as a sign of coming of age, much to her excitement. One of the strongest aspects of the film is the clear and defined perspective of the dogs, not just in the dialogue, Ladies owners are known only as their pet names they exchange, Jim, Deer" and Darling, but also visually as the frame is low to the ground to match their point of view, and often obscures the humans in the shot, their faces rarely seen. These are simple details, but the film's direction fosters a very effective visual language, especially as this is Disney's first animated feature to be produced for CinemaScope widescreen, and the composition and blocking capabilities change drastically. Lady's personality, like many a Disney-leading lady, is incredibly charming from the first scene she is in. The opening of the film shows her as an energetic puppy in need of constant attention, and none of that is lost once the film moves ahead to her first day with a collar. Her vibrant energy bounces off her stodgy and slower-moving friends to create a fun dynamic of dialogue and visuals. The skill of the studio to imbue personality in animals is at an all-time high here, Even if some of that charm is gained by sacrificing the lifelike meticulousness seen in Bambi, as the classic Disney style is distinct from the formalist air in what it attempts to accomplish. The film then cuts away to a train yard, where Tramp wakes up and his average day is seen as an inversion of the comfort lady is used to. He wanders streets, visually coded to be of lower and working class, and gets scraps from kindly restaurant workers. His status also means he constantly fears being taken to the pound, but Tramp is notorious for avoiding this and frees his friends from the pound truck after breakfast. When escaping his own capture afterwards, he finds himself running into the nicer neighborhood, leading him to stroll into a scene where he becomes quite taken with Lady. Before Tramp arrives however, Lady is kicked out of her house where her owners are uncharacteristically short with her, the house filled with visual signifiers of a coming baby. Her friends outside are direct about this and explain what a baby is, and Tramp strolls up to warn her just how little she will matter to the family once she is replaced. Tramp wears his interest in Lady on the sleeve, calling her Pidge, and the animation of these characters while they flirt is great. The dialogue is solid alone, but the two have remarkable chemistry through voice performance, animated body language, and facial expressions. Performances like these separate the truly great Disney films from the rest of the pack. Though Lady is not convinced she will be replaced, time passes into a gorgeous winter and the baby arrives, who Lady adores. Her owners go out of town for a short while and in their place Aunt Sarah comes to watch over the newborn, bringing in two cats and no patience or affection for Lady. Sarah's two Siamese cats are deeply racist Asian caricatures and have a whole song dedicated to this. Their only role in the movie is to cause problems for Lady. The cats create a mess in the house and the blame falls to Lady, for which she receives a muzzle. She runs in the town and is cornered by stray dogs until Tramp returns and rescues her, quickly hatching a plan to get the muzzle off too. His schemes to get them into the nearby zoo and trick a beaver into biting the muzzle off are incredible. Again, the written material is sharp, but further elevated by vocal and visual performances, selling Tramp's ability to fast talk and how long he has honed the skill. This skill will cause Lady to have doubts about him with time, sowed by other dogs recalling his past, but the film understands the innate charm in him despite that. True to the trappings of a smart rom-com, especially from the perspective of the doe-eyed lady seeing it for the first time. She even joins in his improvised pitch, surprising Tramp and further gaining his affection. After Lady has been freed from the muzzle, Tramp continues to show her his way of life by taking her to a spaghetti dinner catered by the nice restaurant owner that fed him earlier in the film. This now iconic sequence is as good as the acclaim it has garnered. The owners sing a love song as the romance of the moment plays out to their actions and facial expressions, and, of course, they accidentally share the same piece of pasta that ends with them kissing. Lady's quick turn away shows an incredible amount of personality and Tramp follows this up by rolling a meatball towards her, the audience projecting emotion onto the stellar and wordless visuals. Tramp asks her to leave her house behind and live with him like this, but true to her character and how she sees herself in her home, her response is, quote, who will watch over the baby? The next day, Tramp takes Lady chasing chickens on her way home, and on the escape, she's captured and taken to the pound, where she meets Tramp's friends and learns about his history of being fast with women. But one dog suggests one day he may finally settle down when the right girl comes along. The audience is left to hope Lady is that right girl as she is taken home, deemed not the usual fare for the pound, further dividing the class lines of Lady and Tramp. Once home, her two friends awkwardly offer themselves up for marriage, if it will put her in a more welcoming home, but as she is rejecting this, Tramp strolls in, attempting to play everything off casually as this is not a huge event from his perspective. However, following the stories Lady heard, she tells him off and it is clear from the visuals that her words stink. He walks off dejected, and shortly after she notices a large rat attempting to enter the home and barks to alert Aunt Sarah, unable to leave the dog house she is chained to. Her barks are ineffective and the rat is seen getting inside as Tramp runs back to save the day again, the night sky now a storm that flashes shadows across the house and incredible wide shots of Tramp bolting up the stairs, fully utilizing the widescreen aspect ratio to a tremendous result. Lady eventually breaks free from her chain and Tramp chases the rat in a fast sequence before killing it off screen under knockdown curtains. This obscures it from the view of Aunt Sarah when she walks in and sees the crib knocked over and Lady looking in. As Sarah misreads the scene, she locks Lady away and sends Tramp off to the pound, and once Lady's owners return, they free her and she signals them toward the rat, pushing them to undo Tramp's arrest. Lady's friends are also affected by this revelation and track the pound truck down themselves, trusty finally using his bloodhound abilities he claims to retain. But it is tragically his being hit by the car that finally stops it. He lives through this and is seen recovering in the denouement of the film at the following Christmas. Tramp and Lady, now proud parents of their own. While Lady and the Tramp is more simplistic in what it is attempting when viewed between the fantasy of Cinderella, Wonderland, Peter Pan, or the following Sleeping Beauty, it is incredibly refined and restrained in how it creates a genuine romantic comedy film. The studio shows tremendous growth through the direction and blocking of the first widescreen picture, and the personality on display in these characters is phenomenal. They push even further as the next picture returns to a magical fairy tale setting, even if box office returns make it a final high note for the era. Next up, Sleeping Beauty, 1959. Please go to ghostofjo.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at ghostofjo, ghostofjo. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.